Hello and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, Raylene, and... Me, it's Ariel. Yahoo! Woohoo! We're back at it again. <laughs> episode 25, uh, I think. That's got to be a milestone. I, no, this is episode 26, at least. Unless the book club comes out, then it's episode oh 27. Oh my god. Because <laughs> of the Animal Crossing oh, episode. Oh, that's true. That's true. And the book club episode, so... Wow, look at us go. I know, we're seasoned professionals. We're really good at this. excuses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, um, you mentioned the book club episode at Animal Crossing. That was going to be one of my shout outs to everyone is that you can go listen to the Animal Crossing episode now. It came out before this one will be out. And who knows about the book club episode, but it's either going to be out when you listen to this or it's coming soon. We have recorded it. So just so you know, it's in the works. So get excited. It's a really good episode. I think we had a good discussion. It was really fun fun to do the animal crossing episode because we it was so specific like that whole episode yeah was just one thing um and we've never done like a book tag on the podcast before and it's something we've wanted to try and we finally got to try it so i'm really excited that we did that me too yeah um, it was really fun i think that we should maybe do more so if anybody has really good tags let us know yes i'd love to hear from people how they felt about what an episode being like a tag because i thought it was so much fun me too i want to do it every single week (laughs) yeah but i really enjoyed that episode definitely let us know on the instagram if you liked us doing a tag episode because i thought it was a lot of fun and i'd be totally down to do more yeah me too All right. right, Well, let's 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 just jump right in. What, Ariel? What are you currently reading? Ooh, right. I forgot that was the first question. That's a fun one. You always seem shocked Um, by it. (laughs) (laughs) I am currently reading, and you may relate to me on Mm -hmm. this one. I am currently reading Catching Fire. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) this section is gonna be so lame because our books are all gonna be the same (laughs) yeah that's true um so i guess we talked about it a bit on the book club episode but if you didn't hear that one or if it's not out yet (laughs) raylene and i decided to pretty last minute sort of do a buddy read we for our patreon bonus mini podcast i was asking raylene like what is your perfect book club scenario? Do you like doing buddy reads? Mm-hmm. All this sort of stuff. And we were talking about how much fun Raylene and I had when we were teens doing buddy reads. Mm-hmm. And we were like, let's do an old fashioned buddy read. And we were like, what should we read? And I was like, okay, I'll send you five books that I'm totally down to read right now. And I also picked books that I thought like Raylene would be into, obviously. And then you yeah. pick one that we'll read. And Raylene picked Hunger Games. So we started reading it and we read the whole thing over the weekend. And what we decided, like partway through, we decided we would do like um, every weekend we'll read another Hunger Games book. But the Hunger Games was so good that we were like, we can't wait. Uh, We can't wait. We can't wait. So yeah, I don't want to wait. Like what book could I possibly read in between that would like bring me joy? Like there isn't one that I could think of. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't want to have to wait and then read something else. I would just be distracted the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. So we had to jump into Catching Fire. And um, yeah, I've barely begun it. Honestly, I'm like only like two, one or two chapters in because I just haven't had that much time. But um, I'm hoping to like plow through it tonight and tomorrow. I'm so excited. Yeah. 
So uh, what are you currently reading, really? <laughs> well, interesting question. I am also currently reading Catching Fire. Um, yep. <laughs> how far into it are you, though? That's what I'm curious about. Only like one or two chapters because yesterday okay. was a really busy work day for me and yeah. I was hoping to like read it, but I just didn't get a chance. Yeah. Well, I'm on, I'm on part two, so I'm around the 150 page mark and okay. it's so intense and like there are things that oh. I kind of vaguely remembered but didn't remember exactly what they were and now I'm like, oh my God, it's all flooding back. And um, we've yeah. talked a little bit about how Suzanne Collins is the queen of plot twists and you're so she right. Is. Like, uh I've just, there have been some things that I'm like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. And I've read this book like four times. So <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. So I'm loving it. And I mean, obviously that goes into the next question. What was the last book we finished? The last book I finished was The Hunger Games. I'm sure you can relate. I guess actually the last book I finished was The Memory <laughs> Oh, Police. that's true. That's true. Because of um, how you read them. <laughs> because of how. Yeah, let me just explain real quickly here, everyone. I meant to read The Memory Police over the weekend. Um, but, well, actually, I meant to read it last week. And then it kind of just work and everything and life and Animal Crossing uh, <laughs> just got <laughs> the in the way. And so it kept getting pushed. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just read it on the weekend. And then Raylene and I decided to read The Hunger Games. And I was like, okay, well, I should be a good citizen and read the memory please first because we're doing the book club episode but i was so excited about the hunger games that i read the first few chapters and then i just couldn't put it down <laughs> so i had to finish the hunger games before i could finish the memory please um yeah and the hunger games just again i guess we did talk about this in the book club episode but the hunger games is so good it is so deeply good it really like is. i've always kept it in my mind as a really good book in my mind definitely like at least four four and a half star series i'm like mm -hmm. this is quality stuff there's a reason it's so big um but i just i don't know like when people ask me what are your favorite books i never talk about the hunger games like it right. doesn't come up i forget but about it it is so excellent and what i was explaining to raylene i was like i think i was kind of conflating a lot of the things that i didn't like about the movies with the whole like basically it was becoming one conglomerate franchise in my mind the books and the movies had kind of merged um probably because i've seen the movies even though i haven't seen them in a long time i've seen the movies later than i've read the book totally you know what yeah. i mean so yeah i was kind of whenever i thought about it i thought more about the movies maybe and i wow rereading the hunger games is just like Suzanne collins doesn't get enough credit like i'm sure she's a millionaire now but <laughs> for good I, she deserves it she deserves those millions it yeah. is so good um it's just excellent so yeah i i really really enjoyed it i oh I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but in my mind, I invented, get ready, really, I invented something called a golden rewatch. So that is when you rewatch a movie mm -hmm. and you haven't probably seen it in a while and you rewatch it and you just have like a golden viewing. It is so much fun and you appreciate new things and you laugh at all the jokes perfectly and it just like hits every mark yeah. and you're reminded at like how unbelievably good that movie was mm -hmm. um and i definitely rewatch movies more than i re-re-read re books now just because it's so much easier yeah um faster <laughs> and so i guess i just didn't think about how obviously there would be like golden like 
rereads too Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what happened with the hunger games it was a golden reread i was so in it i was enjoying every aspect i was blown away by the subtle plot twists like i'm calling them subtle plot twists because they're not like you know every book has one or two plot twists that kind of change things but the way that suzanne collins does plot twists it was just like ah every few chapters you're like pulling your hair out you're like how does she keep thinking of these little things that have such huge impact so true and the way the book is written is so smart too in that there's flashback scenes just intermingled throughout the the regular text that you don't even like feel pulled out of the story because they're so like short and they matter to what's happening like currently and it just like is the way she wove together the past and the present is so well done and so smart because like we talked about when we were first started the book when we were doing our little buddy read discussions um we were talking about how Oh, now I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Well, I completely agree with you about the, like, the way that she is building Katniss's character and her backstory through these flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Because we were comparing it when we were talking a couple, yesterday. It was yesterday. (laughs) It was uh, that We recorded the episode. (laughs) I've lost all track of that. Uh, When we were recording yesterday, we were talking about how, like, I keep comparing it to Bella and Twilight Mm -hmm. because, like, that's what I'm reading right now. Or, like, we're reading it right now, too. And it's, like, old classic YA, you know? So I'm kind of comparing the two in my mind a lot. And I'm just like, gosh, how can we have a character like Katniss that is so beautifully structured, like, constructed? And then a character like Bella. Like, it's just, it's just night and day. It's night and day. Because like you're saying, the way that Suzanne Collins has put in the backstory is beautiful. Like, um, I, I will forever think of this scene when Katniss is eating a meal on the train on the way to the Capitol and to the Hunger Games and she's just eating stuff. That's it. That's all that's happening. But she thinks about how her mom loved coffee and she sees orange juice and she's like, well, I guess it's orange juice. I've only had an orange once. The one time my dad decided to get it as a holiday treat. And you you learn so much about her in this one paragraph about food. Totally. And I'm like, oh, she's a genius. (laughs) Suzanne Collins is smart yeah and you get to know Katniss really fast like in within the first 20 to 30 pages you already fully know who she is and like her family and you just know so much about her which you don't really get through Twilight or through the Hunger Games movies so right the book just like has so much more depth to it which I always forget about because I watch the movies over and over and over again (laughs) right yeah no totally because I mean obviously that's why movies and books are different there's different things you can do but in the in the movies i just didn't get a sense of katniss in the same way i honestly think that jennifer lawrence was great casting like very good casting for Mm -hmm. katniss but you just don't learn that much better because you don't have the inner monologue in the same way you don't hear what katniss is thinking and so it doesn't affect you as much you don't learn as much and like cat like uh jennifer lawrence standing there looking brooding doesn't affect you as much as reading about why Katniss is feeling so stressed or angry in that moment yeah so yeah I'm so excited to like read through Catching Fire and then start Mockingjay and oh yeah Raylene and I were talking about how excited we are to read Mockingjay this time Mm -hmm. because last time we it was like both of us we both didn't really love it that much like we still liked it but it's like not as good as the other but we're wondering if as adults it'll hit us different yeah I have a feeling it will but yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up too much just because I might yeah. still not like it that much. But <laughs> I feel like we'll definitely see it through a different lens. Because even just rereading the first two, 
I'm just like, oh my God, like this is so much more like important and saying so many things that I didn't even think about when I first read it. So I feel like we'll have a different view of Mockingjay for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and then like I mentioned, I also finished The Memory Police, but I'm not going to go into it at all because uh, we made a whole episode about it. Yeah. And um, I ended up not liking it as much as I'd hoped. Uh, it was really funny because literally today I was just sitting in my room and my brother came into my room and he was, I was like, uh, he I forget how it happened, but I basically said, I read The Memory Police it really let me down and I literally put my head in my hand and my brother was so sad for me because he knew how excited I was. Uh, well, I guess I may as well chip in because I also didn't really talk about the memory police last time yeah. I talked about it because I didn't want to spoil anything, but yeah. I also didn't love it. And yeah. as you said, we talk about it a lot in the episode, but it just, it was a letdown. I think that's the best way to explain it because it's like, I don't <sighs> think it was a bad book. It just let me no. down because I had expectations for it that weren't yeah. met in a lot of ways. And yeah. I don't think that's my fault. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, this makes me think again about how, like, I've wanted to make a YouTube video, like a booktube video, for approximately, like, four or five years about how the marketing of a book affects mm. your expectations of a book and how it can be really misleading and how I hate that. And there's been different moments in my bookish life where I've picked up a book expecting one thing and then it really turned out to be something else and that's not the author's fault. Um, like, they wrote the book that they wrote, but because of the way that it was marketed towards me, I really expected something different. And when I read that other thing, I'm not as impressed or not as, like, excited, you know? Um, and I think that the memory police maybe suffered from that. We didn't really talk about that in our, in our episode mm -hmm. of all about it, um... But, like, the cover of this book is really provocative. It is not calm. It's very stressful, actually. It's like a person being deconstructed. They have yeah. a stamp over their face. It feels like, you know, like police involvement. It's called the memory police, which makes you think that it's about this military force. And the side of the book is, like, and the back is, like, a really bright, angry aggressive red mm -hmm. right it's not a calming color um and the way that the font is put and things are put out it makes it just seem very like um military-esque right yeah. um and then the also the uh how do i say it the like synopsis but not even the synopsis the like the beginning part there's always like you know that one bold yeah. section right at the top <laughs> it says a haunting orwellian novel about the terrors of state surveillance and i'm like I don't think that that really is what this book is. It like, wasn't terrorizing it, at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't terrorizing. It it wasn't really about the yeah the terrors of state surveillance. I didn't really feel no, like it state wasn't really about that was at all. No, um, and then I don't think that the marketing of the book cover, which I love the book cover, mm -hmm. I love the spine. I think it's an absolutely beautiful book. But I don't think it really well matches the tone of the book. You know what I'm super curious about now? To look up what the original Japanese book cover was. Oh, true. And something else I didn't realize is that, that this book came out in Japan like 20 years ago or something. Like it's not even oh a gosh, new book. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I saw that in a review or something. So I haven't actually looked into it. But apparently it's no not idea. a new book, which is interesting. Because it's very new here. <laughs> It is really new here. I'm really trying to find the... Oh my gosh. Is that the book cover? <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Okay, first of all, it came out in 1994. Yeah, which is the year it's as old as us. <laughs> so it's 25 years old. That's fascinating. But secondly, okay, this is honestly this is an affront to me because the <laughs> book cover in Japan is so much more appropriate. It is a bird and two flowers. <laughs> I repeat, a bird with two flowers. <laughs> It looks so calm. It looks super. And then here it says, premise, the novel, dreamlike in tone. Yeah, that's all <laughs> that they had to say. <laughs> it's very dreamlike. Oh my gosh. This is, you see, this would have completely changed my perspective on what I was getting into. And I, yeah, I kind of feel like we were fed something that it wasn't. Um, hmm. Well, that's very interesting. You see, this is what I'm talking about. Marketing can really affect the way that you think about a book. Very true. Very true. Well, on that note, let's hop into our book news. Do you want to go first? Sure. My book news is pretty simple this week, cool. but um, I really wanted to talk about it, I guess. <laughs> so basically, uh, <clears throat> as we all know, we're in the middle of a, of a crazy situation. <laughs> yes, indeed. And there's a lot of different things that are happening because of this crazy situation, and one of the things that's happening is book releases being postponed oh, or yeah. delayed. Um, we've been seeing this more so with movies, I think. Mm -hmm. That's been like the bigger focus, probably just because, you know, movie audiences are bigger than book audiences. Um, but also because it's more urgent. Why would you release a movie that no one can go see? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody can go out to see it, whereas books can be shipped to your house. So it's like Yeah, they can be shipped to your house or you can get an ebook or an audiobook. Exactly. Um, but we are seeing some book release movement, and um I here I have here I am with my breaking news. Otessa Moshfeg's Death in Her Hands has been moved to indefinite or whatever. <gasps> like they don't know when. Oh my god. So, so you can definitely read your arc before it comes out. I know. This was my <laughs> this was the bigger part of my news. I'm now not late. <laughs> you have no excuse now. I also feel like now my um my art copy is even more valuable because now I have it like way more in That's advance. That's super true. <laughs> no one gets to read it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that it's really interesting to talk about just or even just to mention the fact that book release dates are being changed. Um I was taught, like, I was thinking about this, like, I, I heard through a different, through a couple of different things, like, I've heard people talk about how it's kind of a secret publishing rule to never publish a book around the time of a U.S. presidential election. Oh, so that, interesting. Apparently that just really doesn't happen because it's impossible to get any media coverage for your book yeah obviously all everyone is talking about and all of the news is talking about is the presidential election and it just completely takes over um but also it's like really hard to get the kind of book people want to read during that time so you probably aren't publishing that right now so it's better to wait or to publish it a couple months beforehand mm -hmm. so what's really tricky about this year 2020 for publishing is like some people are deciding, okay, right now is not the right time to publish my book. We're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of bookstores are like closed and a lot of places aren't shipping, etc. Let's move it to later. But if they move it to later, they then go into the presidential election that's happening in November. <sighs> Yikes. So it's really, really tricky situation. And um, yeah, I, 
don't envy the position of book publicists and marketing people right now, which is why it's so important that if you are reading a book and especially if you're liking it, share it online because word of mouth goes a really long way in the book world and we can do a lot to help the authors that we really love and totally. uh, to share the books that we think are really great, especially right now when it's really hard to get media attention. No kidding. Like, who's going to write an article about your new book release when they could be reporting about, like, the coronavirus, obviously. So yeah. it's just a really tricky time. And uh, I'm sad for Otessa, even though, you know, she's she'll be totally fine. Her books are so well regarded and she gets really great reviews and everything. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm, I say I'm sad for Otessa. I'm sad for every author affected by this time because... It takes so long to write a book and then go through the publishing process. And then your book was supposed to come out this year. It's the moment you've been waiting for for literally years. And now it's all up in the air. So that does sound really stressful and horrible and and sad. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my little book news. Well, my book news is a little bit happier than that. Um, (laughs) So there's this new thing released on wizardingworld.com. It's called Harry Potter at Home. So they have put out this thing. They have like a little Harry Potter hub um, where they have a bunch of content available for people who are stuck at home and who are bored, who need help with their kids, all that kind of stuff. (gasps) So they have, well, one thing, the first Harry Potter book is free right now. It's available on like, I think it's available across Audible, but also any app um, where you would get library audiobooks from. So like Overdrive has yeah. Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book available. I think it's until the end of April that they have it just available for anyone. Because normally, and that's like without holds. So it's just like anybody who wants to listen to it can listen to it, which is really cool. Um, they're also providing like videos and like some kind of like stuff for teachers. And apparently yeah. they're giving full license to teachers to just read all of the books with their students like if they're doing like video chat or whatever with their students so like just you could read all of the harry potter books and that's, that's fine really cool. so that's really cool but yeah it's mostly like really good for teachers and for people with kids um they just have yeah. like lots of stuff to keep people busy basically so i recommend checking that out it's wizardingworld.com and it's probably i think it's on their main page right now so check it out it's super exciting i love that yeah so awesome. i thought that was really nice I, a lot of different you know, people and companies are making an effort to like do cool stuff during the coronavirus Mm. to like make things better for people. And I think that that just as a general book news or just news in general is really cool. Yeah, the thing I almost picked for my book news kind of just goes along with Mm. that. I didn't pick it because it almost, it wasn't really big enough, but it goes into that category of, um, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I there really hate that title. <laughs> it's the worst title. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but that book, it is um, still coming out in like on its original release yeah. date and everything. But the Scholastic is doing a special thing for publishers and bookshops. If you're, I guess for bookshops, sorry, not publishers because they're the ones publishing. <laughs> um, if your bookshop is going to be selling copies of it and they can ship it or people can like do curbside pickup or whatever, Scholastic will make you a really nice, um, I, like a graphic oh. for you to use on social media. Um, and it's just like a really cool thing that they're doing to try and support independent bookshops. It's like specifically for oh, indie really bookshops cool. so that you can share it and be like, we're one of the bookshops that's still open and you can get your copy of, uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes <laughs> here at our store, right? 
Um, so yeah, it's like really small book news, but like you said, it's it's so interesting to see the ways that people are trying to to help out or do things in a new way. Yeah, like everyone's adapting to the situation because yeah. who knows how long it's going to go on for, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, let's hop into our recommendation <laughs> requests. I don't want to think about the coronavirus anymore. <laughs> so the first oh, one yeah, we yeah. got, yeah, the first one we got comes from Nikki and she says, hey friends, I'm looking for a book that you think would make a good Studio Ghibli film. I'm talking cozy and magical. This is so awesome. Cool. I love this one. I love this one. You go first. Okay. So when I think Studio Ghibli, I think for the most part, a lot of the movies are about kids or young people discovering some yes. kind of magic or magical world and it just being kind of outside of reality for a little while and I love that um yes. and so the book that I picked for this one is a book that I loved as a kid for one thing so I think it works okay. really well for this and that is Inkheart by Cornelia Funke oh I'm, not I'm so excited that you picked this one. I have a story to tell you. You do? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So this book, for people who don't know, is about a girl named Maggie, and she just lives alone with her dad. Her dad's name is Mo. He's awesome. He is like a book binder. Like he fixes up old books. And also he has the power to, if he reads books out loud, things will come out of the books into the real, real life. So cool. So I think that this works as a kind of Studio Ghibli type movie because father-daughter relationship is a big thing in yeah. a lot of Ghibli movies as well as like having a connection with like a young girl and her father and him yeah. being kind of like a quirky character is also kind of very Ghibli-esque. And there's that escape into another world, even though it's more like the other world coming into our world. Um, but still very, it's that magical realism. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. And totally. it's just, and it's, kind of feels like a fairy tale almost when you read it which is something that also vibes with Ghibli quite a lot and it's also quite dark at times so it's a middle grade book but I would it gears towards an older kind of middle grade audience because it is kind of dark and scary at times mm, so yeah. I feel like all of that put together just would make a great Ghibli movie so I would I mean I, this is already a movie a terrible movie in my yes. opinion um <laughs> but I think if it was Brendan Fraser <laughs> he's he's the worst <laughs> do you remember the mummy films i love i never watched those i have never oh seen God. a movie of his and enjoyed it and i've just never watched those because i'm like mm -mm. those were classic <laughs> 2000s action movies yeah i like, never got into those oh man we lived in it we lived in a golden age of cinema let me tell you <laughs> oh boy did we ever um well tell me your ink heart story now i want to know yeah, so it's pretty simple, I guess. But first of all, I haven't read the book. I have only seen the movie. Okay. And I like. I remember liking the movie, but not enough that I ever rewatched it. I just thought, yo, I'm a kid. This is fun. Mm -hmm. um, but that book was given to me in a beautiful hardcover edition. Oh, it's yeah. like blue and it has like shiny bits. It was given to me by my aunt as a birthday present when I was like nine. Okay. And it is therefore... The book I've had on my TBR <gasps> the longest. You still have it? Oh my god! Yeah, because it's beautiful and like she wrote an inscription in it, you know, and so like yeah. it's very near and dear to my heart as like a an object. But I've never cared about reading it. That's I so like funny. the second she gave it to me, I was sort of like, "Wow, this is beautiful," but I don't really like fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, okay. 
And it had like a dragon on the front, I think. So that to me was like, I don't really want to read this. And so, but I've that always That sounds like Dragon it. Rider. <laughs> is it Dragon Rider? I think Am you're I thinking, thinking about, about Dragon Rider, <laughs> which oh is also an amazing God. book, but not one that Uh-oh. I would care to read now. <laughs> okay, so wait, funny. let me look It's the same up. author, so I would not be surprised. Plot twist, that it was the Dragon Rider. It was the Dragon Rider. <laughs> Raylene is correct. <laughs> I have intense book knowledge. I always know what you're talking about, even That's when it's something so else. That's so funny. Well, you're right. Okay, I got confused because it was the same author. That's why. Um... Well, then, yeah, I have no connection to your book. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, that's fine. But yeah, on top of that, I think Inkheart is a great book for people who are looking for, like, books about books because the main character oh, yeah. loves to read so much and obviously her dad loves books as well. And so it's very much, like, an ode to reading and books. So that's mm-hmm. another great aspect to it. So, yeah. What did you pick for that's this That's awesome. I'm excited about the one I picked for this one because I think that it's perfect I'm so and um, I really feel like I did exactly the same thing that you did also okay. guys Raylene has been drinking wine during this episode <laughs> which has never happened before and I feel like we are idiots for not having done this the entire <laughs> time like how have we not been drinking wine for these episodes for the last 27 episodes? I don't know I mean I've been drinking gin and tonics most of the time so I don't know about <laughs> it's you it's true I have noticed that I uh am uh, showing up next week with a glass of wine let me tell you but anyways it's a book club uh, you gotta I- do it <laughs> I very much did the exact same thing that you did. I was like, you know, I love Studio Ghibli. I've, I haven't seen all of them, for sure uh, not, but I've seen a lot of them. And trends I've picked up on are outdoors. They yes, spend a lot of definitely. times outdoors in nature. Young characters. Some of the characters are older, but most of them are kids. Um, and thirdly, a magical element of some kind. It can mm-hmm. be to a, like a large degree. So the book that I picked is the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. That was literally another book I was thinking of. It's so this perfect, is a great choice. Right? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So this is about a boy whose name is Bod, um, and he grows up in a graveyard. He is the only person in the graveyard who is alive everyone else is dead (laughs) um but i forget kind of exactly what i read it a really long time ago uh but i forget exactly what happened but basically the graveyard ends up like adopting or finding this baby and they decide and this couple right it's like this ghostly couple yeah he's kind of like let's raise him and so he's raised by this graveyard um through a matter of circumstances, it is so touching and beautiful. And you really watch Bod grow up and become a man and become a gentle soul and a kind person. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful and kind. And like I mentioned, it has this magical element of like, my family are ghosts. Um, (laughs) And it has a young character, but it's also set outside in a graveyard and in a small like English village and I feel like that is what Studio Ghibli is like like very nostalgic nature like a graveyard totally and kind of like a secluded like just a tight area is also very much something that goes on like it's usually like there's this one place that's magical and this is where everything happens so that's really cool what's your favorite Um, Ghibli movie just out of curiosity 
Oh, man. It's so hard. I, I think the one I think about the most is Ponyo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because, just the song. The song gets me. I love that song. But my favorite one is Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, I just so think good. it's so beautiful and... Um, it goes without saying, but Raylene, what's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine is definitely Spirited Away. Um, yeah. My top three would be Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, and Howl's Moving Castle. However, the one yeah. that I think is the most underrated is The Wind Rises. That one. Oh, I is... haven't seen that one. It's so sad, one, but so the, good. One of the ones that I think is really underrated is um, The Secret World of Arietti. No one talks about that one. And I think it's so beautiful. Have you seen that one? I've seen that one. It's... N- near the bottom of my favorites list yeah. i didn't i didn't love it because it's just like really yeah i've seen the borrowers just, like i've read the borrowers yes. i know this story already so i just it didn't yeah. like feel like a new like very cool totally, ghibli totally. movie but it was still good it just wasn't i haven't not my seen the borrowers or read it so for me it was like the first time kind of seeing that sort yeah. of story and i just thought it was really lovely and no one talks about it that's true um, i often forget that that's a ghibli movie <laughs> exactly that's yeah. what i mean very sad um but anyways, yeah, I think that the graveyard book would be really perfect for this, and I really makes me want to reread it, but also really makes me want to um, read another Neil Gaiman. It's been a while since I read a Neil Gaiman, but I wanted to throw in a secondary recommendation okay. real quick. It's a book I've already talked about before, so I didn't want to have it as my main one, but The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang, oh. I was thinking could work because i was getting um kiki's delivery service vibes yeah. but also also um how's moving castle vibes because she like does hats right she like right and it kind hats. of has like a historical feeling to it almost That's with like I all mean. the people with the big dresses and whatnot yes. like just the ah oh, i could totally yes. see that I thought it could work as like a way more contemporary, like it's a, a way more like contemporary story because they're like more like teenager, young adults and yeah. stuff. Um, but still, I thought it, I thought it could, it could work. <laughs> that was that's fantastic. Well, what uh, recommendation did you pick? I got one from Ian, and he says, "Hi, hey, hello. Thank you both for what you do. Uh, this amazing podcast provides me so much needed escape every week." I'm tired of tragedy, and I'm tired of being stressed out with everything going on in the world. I just want a book that brings me uncomplicated joy. Can you please recommend a book to me that just makes you feel so good when you think about it? Thank you so much. I love this one because I think it really, um, it really taps into something real. (laughs) Absolutely. Everybody's feeling this right now. Everybody just needs to feel good. I totally agree. And I actually really want to make a video all about this. I've been planning like kind of a list of books that are just like really feel good books. Um, But I thought let's do it for the podcast too, because this is perfect. So what did you pick? So for this one, I had a a tough time picking this one because there are a lot of books that make me happy, make me feel good. But I decided to go with a manga that is the most wholesome, wonderful, beautiful thing. And that is Yotsuba. (laughs) It's about a five-year-old girl. Okay. So the main character is this girl named Yotsuba. She's five. She has crazy green hair and she is just insane. Like she is a bundle of joy. She's so funny. What I love about this series, like it's a whole series. There's 14 or 15 of them now. It's a very underrated manga. Not a lot of people talk about this one, but Mm. it's so 
cute. Um, the, it's just about this girl and she lives with her dad who is a single dad. You don't know why, you know, there's no mom in the picture, but it's just the two of them. And he works from home. So he's often like sitting at his desk trying to work and she's like bugging him like, hey, daddy, let's play. <laughs> and it's just very adorable. And like nothing sad happens in the whole right, manga. That's the key. It's all about just happiness and hilarity. And it's one of the manga that have made me like laugh out loud the most and made me smile the most Mm -hmm. so i feel like even for a person who doesn't read manga or graphic novels i think this is the perfect solution to your current problem because it's just so full of joy and i kind of i think i might reread it soon at least just the first volume because it's just so dang funny (laughs) and i can't think of anything (laughs) funnier than yatsuba i love her so much that's a really perfect one. Um, I guess I didn't really think about the funny angle because I definitely have books I've read that really make me have made me burst out loud laughing. Mm. I went more in the kind of cozy, okay, that's comfortable, good too. comfort read angle of this question. Okay. Um, and I wanted to mention a book that I mentioned in the first ever podcast because I, I was like, have I mentioned this book? And I searched on our website, if you're curious, uh, if you're ever curious about one of the books we mentioned, they're all listed on the website, um, booksonboundpodcast.com. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, uh, have I ever talked about this book? And it was on the first episode. So I was That's like, cool. okay, it's been long enough <laughs> that I can talk about this one again. Mm-hmm. And it is A Little Something Different by Sandy Hall. Oh, so this is a book that I don't remember anything bad happening okay. in it at all. Like, it's just very comforting and it's just a very sweet story about a couple in college falling in love it's told from i think 13 or no so 14 different perspectives and and this is like what one of the main reasons i really enjoy this book just because it was written in a clever way Mm -hmm. Uh, 14 different perspectives and none of those perspectives are the main characters instead you get like a squirrel (laughs) a bench (laughs) one of their teachers their friends all of these different perspectives of people or items or objects or animals, I guess, that are witnessing their love story. And so you hear from our main characters, but from the perspective of the bench they're sitting on or the squirrel that's watching them or et cetera. Um, It was really lovely and really sweet and nothing bad happens in it. And I remember just having a, a reading it really quickly and finding it really happy. The other book I wanted to mention is one that I also have already mentioned on the podcast. And it is, um, Oh wow. The, the the oh god what is it called <laughs> <laughs> the storied life of aj fickery by gabrielle zevin this is the one of the books that i buy for people the most because it really is such a comforting feel good ultimately very comforting read it has a bit of melancholy vibes like there's some sadness that happens in it but mm-hmm. I, it's not tragedy it's not stress it's not like um anything very stressful i mean so basically the catalyst is that there's a guy who owns a bookshop and already that's such a comforting setting of bookshop but it's a guy who owns a bookshop and his wife passes away so obviously that's very sad but that kind of happens before the book starts and we join this this guy who's been running the bookshop on his own for quite a while and has kind of admitted to himself it's time to close shop and this isn't working anymore. And then one day a little girl, baby, baby girl appears in his bookshop 
and he ends up like adopting and raising her and it's kind of just about like how important the bookshop is to the community about the bond between the little girl and her adoptive father about like what life is all about and you know it's just one of those inspiring beautiful Mm -hmm. books that just made me really happy and it's really really well written I've enjoyed a lot of Gabrielle Zevin's books and I just feel like I honestly cannot imagine a person not liking that book like I'm not saying it's gonna be everyone's favorite but I think everyone will at least like it you know yeah so yeah those are my two very comforting reads (laughs) fantastic that sounds good I feel like if you talk about that book enough maybe I'll actually read it you just need to mention it like four or five more times (laughs) (laughs) you got it I can do that no problem Well, that's it for this episode. We are off to go record our bonus mini podcast, Books Unbucket, which you can listen to if you follow us on Patreon and support us on Patreon. So we're off to go do that. It's going to be a great time. I also wanted to mention that Raylene and I are running a surprise reading rush. We are doing the Stay Home Reading Rush. Um, You can learn all about it if you go to The Reading Rush on Twitter or Instagram. It's a very low-key version of our usual Reading Rush. We're really throwing this together last minute, but we're just doing it so that everyone has a chance to come together and read and have some fun. And um, and next week's episode, Raylene and I are going to go over what we managed to read during the Stay Home Reading Rush. So it would be really fun if um, some of you guys participated and let us know what you are trying to read or manage to read next week. Uh, yeah, thought I'd throw that in there right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, it's time for us to leave. We're going to go record our bonus podcast over on Patreon. So support us over there if you want to hear Books on Bucket, which is our little mini podcast where Ariel asks me bookish questions and I answer them. It's a great time. We laugh and scream. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.